0: All right, we're back again. Question of the day last time was, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Um, for me personally, I would like to be a little more efficient with my time, and I'm working on that. But you know, all good things to those who wait, and you gotta you gotta work on everything to make it work. So I look forward to hearing what you guys say about that. If you're you know from the future and you're listening to all of these at the same time, or however you might be going about this. Today we're going to talk about books. Books are something very near and dear to my heart. They're one of the few things that I think have helped get me through life so far and will probably continue to do so later on. Um, I feel like books are one of the things that we overrate and undervalue as a society, which is a weird combination of things to say that we do but to me, at least, it seems like we try to take, you know, for example, at least, we take fiction novels and try to say that, oh, well, it happened in this novel, so obviously, look, it's happening in your life. It's, that's almost never happening. But also, we don't take away the fact that creativity exists in the world a lot of times, and I don't think there's anything sadder than the ideal that you could live an uncreative life. Hmm. I know some people struggle with creativity, but I feel like a lot of times, if you're not good at something, working on it helps. And I'm not saying you can start at, you know, can't draw straight lines and work your way to Michelangelo, right? You know, sometimes people are just born better at stuff. That's life. That's something that sports taught me real quick. But you can always be the hardest working person at something, and that can always be enough, you know, for you at least, depending on how you value yourself and how you value the things around you. But getting back to the topic of books, um, I want to start out by just, like, listing a few of my favorites, why they're my favorites, that kind of stuff. So number one on the list for me is uh, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress by Robert Heinlein, just the number one book I've ever read. Well, hang on, that's not true. Number one book for me is the Bible, but I don't feel like that's a fair thing to put on there. So, m- moving on from that, um, it's The Moon is a Harsh Mistress by Robert Heinlein. And uh, that book is very important to me just because I was hitting a real lull with books. And, you know, there's only so many times you can read the same thing before it becomes boring. And I think that that's something that Carl Jung caught on to when he talked about the hero's journey and the fact that, you know, so many of our stories are basically the same thing over and over again. Is if you have a pattern-heavy mind like I do, you're going to catch on to those and it's going to get kind of annoying, right? And so that book did a really good job of keeping me enthralled for most of it. It was very interesting. And then taking twists and turns that I didn't see coming. Right. So that's very important to me because growing up, um, growing up, I read the Harry Potter series first. That was the big one. You know, obviously I'm like 22. So anyone my age who hasn't read Harry Potter is probably a little bit of a social outcast. Honestly, it's pretty crazy how much of a phenomenon that is. But after that, it was Sherlock Holmes. Right? So I love puzzles. I love solving things. I love trying to stay one step ahead of things. That's why TV shows always piss me off, because they won't show you the thing that actually lets you solve the case most of the time. There's something that will. But, you know, moving on from there, Sherlock Holmes was always very near and dear to me. And it, it shaped the world as I viewed it, which was probably not a good thing for a 10-year-old to kind of take on Sherlock Holmesian roles and ideals. Not that they're bad to read, I think they're fine for a ten-year-old to read. It's the idea that I was trying to be like Sherlock Holmes, that uh, that probably led me into a lot of a lot of problems with life, because anyone who's read the books can tell you he's he's no hero. <laughs> he says it himself: people aren't heroes, and even if they were, I wouldn't be one. And I I think that the stage I'm at now in life, I relate to Sherlock Holmes more than ever, even though. I've tried harder and harder to stray away from it, which is odd. It's an odd feeling, at least. It's not really an odd ideal, because Sherlock himself tries to stray away from who he is. But the, the idea that like there are aspects of yourself that you don't like, and trying to figure out how to cope with those is something that he really struggled with. And so you would think, at least, that I learned from that, but... Well, I guess I'm not a drug addict, so maybe I did learn from that a little bit. Yeah, I guess I'm doing a little bit better. I haven't, you know, almost died in a while, so. But moving moving back to The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, it managed to take some turns that I did not see coming, and that left me absolutely floored, because I just I didn't think that the writer could take it in that direction. More than anything, I think. Because it I was just so ingrained in the trench of... Oh, hey, look, here we go. Okay, everything's fine now after this incredible thing. And it's like... That's kind of... I don't know. There's, There's got to be a balance between that. Because, like... they ending to Harry Potter, it felt like they killed off people at random. Not that they necessarily had as much meaning. And then... I, I didn't really appreciate that. Then you have, like, Game of Thrones, who just kills people off because he doesn't want to actually finish the books. And, well, why should he? He's got the the TV series to make all the money for him. And then you've got, like, The the Inheritance Cycle by Christopher Pollone, which I actually really loved. It's just that, you know, you get to the end and it's, okay... This guy is, you know, super undefeatable. There's no way, like, even if we win, I don't think any of us walk out, or oh what, okay, and the next generation will just have to solve it. And that turns into, oh, well, nobody, you know, nobody dies. Oh, I... Huh, that was a spoiler. Yeah, I probably should have warned you guys about that beforehand, but... Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> they will probably be more, because... I'm just so used to talking to people who have read all the books that I talk about, not necessarily all the books I talk about, but who are more open to receiving the ideals, because I think that the value in a book is not necessarily the actual plot or the things you take away, it's, at least for me, partially, mostly, the novelness of it, and I guess that's kind of a bad word because novel kind of means the book itself, but novel is in, like, a new and interesting way to do something. So for me, it's necessarily, like, if you can come up with a new way to say the same thing, I'm going to be interested in that. Versus, you know, just here's 18 things that are exactly the same. And that's something that I've noticed that's caught me in school. And I I blame that on my love of reading, is that, creativity is not something that is accepted or encouraged in colleges, especially not as a math major. Uh, you know, I guess if you have other majors, you might you might fight me on that one, but, you know, I don't really care. So, you know, moving from try to find the most interesting and novel way to say it to, all right, look, you are a creative student, but unless you say this exactly the same way as I do, like, you're, you're, you're just screwed, like, it's just not going to be right, even if it's right, was a very hard concept for me, and I'm glad that I'm almost through that, but, you know, I guess life goes on, um, after the, after the moon is a harsh mistress, uh, for me, the great Santini probably has to be up there, um, Pat, Con- Pat Conroy is my favorite author i I just really like his works his works are also the works that got me into writing myself and I actually just submitted about four query letters so we'll see how that goes you know, if I'm listening to this when I'm 50 and I'm you know that didn't work I'm sure he'll get a kick out of that but you know so for for me personally the great Santini was a book that taught me to live with my father as he was, and I think that I, I think that that's a very important thing, is if we can take books and we can learn the lessons that we are struggling to learn, then I, I, I think that's an amazing thing, and I think if you can tell a story that teaches someone something, especially someone who really needs it and who probably can't figure it out on their own, then you even more than, than you should, you have an obligation to. And, I don't know, I guess that's just me being idealistic. and But I'm 22 and I'm allowed to be idealistic, so, you know, fuck you. But moving from there, you know, um, East of Eden was a fantastic book. I really liked it. Um, I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot you can say, but... Most of it just comes down to it was an excellent portrayal of life, in my opinion. And just, that's 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 about it. That's that's good enough. And then, after that, I'd probably put um, This Side of Paradise. I thought it was infinitely better than The Great Gatsby. I think The Great Gatsby is overrated. Boy, that was a hipster thing to say. Nobody. No. Oh, well. But... um. The Side of Paradise was really interesting to me because he kind of took a look at his own life and the way he was. And I thought that was, I always like seeing that from creative people because life for them always seems to be odd. And I really like when they go ahead and they kind of introspectively look at that and then give us an insight into their own introspections. That's a That's something that you just don't get in life. People are so terrified of being intimate with another person emotionally and intellectually that they can't hardly deal with the concept of, you know, letting someone else in on their introspections. Which I guess is kind of what I'm doing here, so, you know, kudos to you. You get to learn more about me. That's not necessarily a good thing. Um... Let's see. Who else do I like? I like Anne Rand's books. Um, I like Anne Rand's books because they present an interesting ideal. Her writing is ham-handed, I think. Um, She's very clearly... English is a second language for her because she... And that's okay because it is a second language for her. So... But I also think that people need to realize that just because she came from a communist country and has very anti-communist views doesn't mean that the exact opposite is is the right thing. You know, she kind of presented the ideal of anarcho-capitalism as kind of its patron saint, if you will. And uh, while I think that her ideals on individualism are very strong and should be recognized, I don't necessarily agree with the ideal that we should have no government. You know, if men were angels, we'd need no government. Dear God, we're not. Um... I also think that people underestimate the importance of non-fiction books. So, like, I have, I made it a personal goal to collect, like, big books in history. So, I have, like, Darwin's On the Origins of the Species. I've read it. I've read Newton's Principa, which, that was interesting. Um, you know, I've read pretty much everything Nikola Tesla's ever said, which is... Probably, well, it's a more controversial thing now than when I started, kind of annoying that that got hijacked so hard. Um, but even just, like, going to a book sale and, you know, you see textbooks for a quarter, it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to pick them up. It's like, oh, well, when are you going to be, when are you going to study organic chemistry? It's like, I don't know. I'm interested in a lot of things. I've lear- If I've learned anything about myself, it's that I will without a doubt, be interested in something at some point in my life. And while that that is absolutely terrifying, because I don't know if, you know, it could be hard for me to to find something that I actually enjoy for a long period of time. It also means that I get to enjoy a lot more things than most people. And so I always try to pick those up. Um, After that, I kind of move into books that I don't like. Um, Number one is Billy Budd by Herman Melville. single worst book I've ever read. The thing's like 60 pages long and it took me two months to sludge through it. I'd honestly... I would honestly rather you hit me in the shins with a hammer than to try to read that piece of shit again. Um, uh, The Road. That book was shit. It was ham-handed. It was poorly written. Um, Just because something... Just because you can impart meaning on something that the author very clearly did not mean to impart does not mean it's a good book, right? And I think that that's something, you know, you get the memes about English teachers, oh, well, you know, blah, blah. But I think that there's a lot of merit to the idea that every now and again, you just got to admit that something's bad. And I think that people are terrified of that, but like, it is. Um, is. Let's see, what else do I not like? There's probably a lot of them um, wasn't that big a fan of, um, Moby Dick either, just because, I don't know, it seemed, it tried to be a lot deeper than it was, in my opinion, um, ooh, I probably should've, I forgot, I should've wrote those down, um, Oh, well, moving forward. Books that I don't like are generally books that just follow the same trends. Um, I don't like reading the hero's journey a thousand times. Right, that's that's kind of a big theme with me. Um, so I like books that that the characters have stakes more than anything. So if, if you're a lead character, you know, I don't think it's the same thing to say it has stakes if, like, your lead character loses an arm versus, like, oh, he lost all of his friends and family. It's like, those aren't the same thing. And I think that I think that writers are often afraid to add stakes to things, which is really interesting, especially at the end. You know, if you're not going to revisit something, then yeah, you can definitely kill everyone off, but you know, that's just my opinion and it's not worth a lot. Um, I think that there's a lot of books that are considered classics that shouldn't really have stood the test of time. So like, uh, oh, what's it called? Well, I can't remember the name. Let me look it up real quick. But, Moving on from that, um, I think we also have to realize, though, that there are, there are things that, um, wow, this this really went off the rails, I'm sorry about this, guys. There are things that um, were good at their times and that very much still apply to modern day that we just shit on. For example, Shakespeare, right? Everyone... Every English teacher I've ever met says they could have written Shakespeare. And it's like, no, you could not have. Recognize when something is groundbreaking, when it's revolutionary, when it's creative, and accept that those things are what they are. And I think that people, if they would just take a second and realize that you know, if you haven't created anything with where you're at, then you wouldn't have created anything with anything less than you have and that if you lived in a time before now, you would have less than you do now, almost indefinitely more. And so, um, moving forward from that, it's like, um, moving forward from that, it's just that the idea that creativity is something we don't cherish necessarily always bothered me, and I really, I would really like to be able to spend time deconstructing the philosophy of creativity and the way it's treated in society. Um, But, you know, that's not really gonna gonna pay any bills. So, I guess I'm just gonna have to be okay with talking on this microphone for, you know, 20-25 minutes and half of this was just me rambling about things that I do and don't like and Actually, all of it was me rambling about things I do and don't like. Sorry if this seems a little off the rail, guys. I've just been preoccupied mentally here recently. But oh well. So I guess I'm just gonna I'm gonna end it here. I don't really have that much more to say. Well, actually, no. I want to talk about um, reading books from other cultures. is something that I think is very underrated. And it can be hard to do, and that's why I think languages are important. And but if you can read a book, especially in its original language, you begin to get an understanding of that culture a lot more than you would reading a translation or just kind of you know not reading anything from them at all or reading about them versus reading from them are very different things. And so, like for me, there's a book we. Um, I can't remember the uh, the author's name, but it's very 1984 esque, except it's written a lot more eloquently. That's something I think George Orwell was a bit of a bit of a ham-handed author. That's why I think Animal Farm is a lot better than 1984, even though they say the same thing. But you know, moving moving off of that, that book really gave me an understanding of what it means to live in a society that crushes your individuality and i think that that was very important for me because me personally individuality is a lot of times feels like the only thing i've got and i would just like i would like to maintain my individuality as much as i can which is becoming a bigger and bigger problem in the world at large but I don't know. The books, are, books are great for that. I'm hoping that I would really like if this book got published. Um, if it does, obviously I'll say something on here and you know. hopefully you guys will be able to read it. But I'm going to go ahead and hop off, I guess. The um, question of today is just what is your favorite book? I like knowing what people's favorite books are. I won't answer it at the beginning of the next one because I told you at the beginning of this one. So... I guess until next time, guys, have a good day.